All right, so let's get started. So today we're doing Simon Kuf Pei Vav. I anticipate today and tomorrow will be Simon Kuf Pei Vav. I don't think it will take more than two days. Uh, Kuf Pei Vav really goes along with Kuf Pei Zayin, meaning, um, first of all, just Alder uh, Chatama, obviously every Simon in Shulchan Aruch can only really be understood if you see the sugya in the Gemara, but over here in particular, you need to really understand what's behind uh, the different shitos in Shulchan Aruch. Uh, you know, there's a lot of Gemara. It spans over three dapim in uh, in the Sechas Nida. And unless you see all the Gemaras back and forth, uh, it's hard to understand what exactly the Rishonim are struggling with and how they arrive at their various uh, conclusions. So we're going to spend a good deal of today just going through the various... Uh, uh, not, not, we're not going to read through to the Gemara, but going through the uh, key lines, at least, in, uh, in various uh, Gemaras. It's also important to realize the topic of this simon is, it relates to Kuf Zayin in the following way. The topic of this simon is the requirement, or perhaps lack of requirement, depending how we conclude and depending who, you, who the person is and whether the person is a Veskov or not, but the requirement to do Bidikos before and after Tashmish. Meaning, does a woman have to do a bidika before she has tashmish with her husband? Does a woman and perhaps a husband also have to do bidika, a bidika after tashmish? Where a husband would do bidika would be to wipe himself off and look at the cloth and see if there's any dam in order to see if there was any issues of nida during the uh, the tashmish. That's what this simon is about. It's about the actual requirement of doing bidikos. The next simon is going to be if you did bidikos and it turned out that uh, she's she keeps seeing Dam as a result of Tashmish, now how do you deal with that, right? Meaning the, uh, the actual concept of Roa Machmas Tashmish, which apparently used to be a type of condition that some people had, that any time that they had Tashmish Amita, they, uh, they w- it would cause them to become a Nida. So that's going to be Sim Kufpei Zayin. And then Kufpei Chas is just going to be the Dinim of Maros Dam, which really we should, you know, before our first Rabbi Nuburger Chabura, and maybe we'll amp those up, you know, in, uh, in, in, once we see Sim Kufpei Chas, because until you know anything, it's, it's a lot harder to know what you're looking at. But Kufpei Chas is going to be the Maros of Dam. And then Kufpei Dal and Kufpei Tes are uh, Vestos. So Kufpei Vav and Kufpei Zayin are really a single unit because they relate to the Bedikos and the purpose of the Bedikos, right? The Bedikos that uh, we're going to talk about in Kuf Pevav and the purpose of the Bedikos, which is to ascertain whether a woman <coughs> is Becheskas Roa Machmas Tashmish. So uh, with that uh, background, let's go through the basic uh, Gemaras, just the basic Mishnahis and Gemaras. So the Mishnah and Dafir Aleph in Mesechus Nida teaches us that there are two types of Bedikos. The Mishnah tells us, Avodisha Amru Dayashaita, that even though uh, when a woman sees dam, she's only we don't assume that she's we don't assume that every chair she sat on and every uh, thing she touched in the last uh, you know, 24 hours or from the last uh, you know, time she did a pedika is going to be tamea. it's only dayashaita. it's only from the time she finds the dam but she needs to be bodekas and the Mishnah goes on to say bodekas Shachrus She needs to do two bedikas a day. Shachrus and benashmashos. Now that takana that every woman's got to do two bedikos every single day is clearly a takana that is for taharos purposes to do two bedikas a day and verify that everything she touched in the last twelve hours is in fact tahar. Right. So we require her to be on a constant lookout just in case she uh, she was metame anything 
Because in a day and age when they were nervous about being Matami Truma and Kadshim and things like that, so that was very, very critical. But then the Mishnah goes on to say, Umishameshes Be'edim, that she should have Tashmashamita Dafka with Badika cloths. Ubishashi Overis Lashamesh as Besa. And that's a second Takana. That's a Takana that a woman has to ascertain her Tahara status before and after each Tashmish. So one Takana of Badikos is twice a day, every 12 hours, just make sure that she's uh, not Tameya, and that's for Tahara's purposes. But then you have this second Takana, that before and after Tashmish, a woman needs to do Badikos. Now, what, why does she do a Badika after Tashmish? So that's to verify that she was not Roa Machmas Tashmish. You want to make sure that the having Tashmish Amita did not bring about her dumb needles. Because that, again, as we said, this is setting up to Kupezayin. Kupezayin, it's going to be very bad if a woman has that condition called Roa Machmas Tashmish. It's going to mean she's, in a, if it gets bad enough, she could be in Aguna. Because if uh, she knows that every single time she has Tashmish, she's going she's gonna to become a Nita, she's not allowed to be married to anybody. So it's very important for her to know that she's not being Roa Machmas Tashmish. The only way she can know that is if she checks after Tashmish. And that's the purpose of the checking after Tashmish. That uh, the Bedika after Tashmish is to verify that she was not Roa Machmas Tashmish. What about the Bedika before Tashmish? So Bedika before Tashmish, first of all, that obviously only she does. The husband doesn't do that. Meaning, the Bedika after Tashmish, even if the woman doesn't find any dam, but if the husband finds dam in his aver after Tashmish, he knows that it obviously came from the woman, so you understand why there would be a need for the husband to be bodek after Tashmish also, but the Bedika before Tashmish is clearly only for her, and it really serves two purposes, two purposes. First of all, no, why would you do a Bedika before Tashmish? What's the, well, what's the most logical reason to do a Bedika before Tashmish? To, to make sure that you're Tahar before Tashmish, right? You don't want to risk having Tashmish if she might be Tameya, right? So the most logical reason is to ascertain that she had not become a Nida before, so any Dam found after, so, 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 uh, so that she'll be able to sleep with her husband. And a second reason is that if the Bidika after Tashmish is going to be meaningful, in terms of determining whether she's a Roa Machmas Tashmish, it's only meaningful if you know that she hadn't been Roa previously, right? Meaning if, uh, if a woman finds Dam after Tashmish, you can't know for sure that she saw Dam as a result of the Tashmish. She might have seen that Dam 10 hours earlier. So the only way to set a baseline upon which you can then do a Badika after Tashmish and see what happened is by doing a Badika right before Tashmish, saying, okay, all is clean, all is good, and then they have Tashmish, and now she sees Dam, so now uh, she knows that the Dam came as a result of Tashmish. Now, a few points about just the Mishnah itself. Point number one is that the Mishnah makes no mention of Chazakos to be Roa Machmas Tashmish. Doesn't talk about like what the point of all this is. Doesn't talk about that concept of Roa Machmas Tashmish or Tanapi Roa Machmas Tashmish, meaning establishing some sort of Chazaka that a woman is Roa Machmas Tashmish, not Roa Machmas, nothing like that. Uh, it, it basically, it, it doesn't tell us what the results are of these Bidikos. It just tells us about doing these bedikos. It doesn't say like what it's accomplishing when you do these bedikos. Second point is the Mishnah doesn't distinguish uh, regarding before and after Tashmish bedikos applying 
only to certain women. Meaning it doesn't say, oh, this is only for women who uh, we have more of a reason to assume might bleed at this point as opposed to women who we have less of a reason to assume would bleed. What would be an example of a woman who we would have very little reason to assume that she'd bleed? Let's say you have a woman who has a vessus kavua. She sees dam on the, uh, I don't know, the, uh, today's the 15th day of Adam. She sees dam on the 15th day of every Hebrew month. And she had Tashmish on the second day of the Hebrew month. She's 13 days off of when the next time she's supposed to see Dam is. And she has a Vesis Kavua. It's like clockwork. It's been going like that for years. You know that that's going to be when she sees Dam. So you might think that uh, in such a case, there's much less reason to be checking. So what are you looking for? You know that she's... The Mishnah makes no such distinction. Does not talk about Vesis Kavua versus not having a Vesis Kavua in the Mishnah. We'll see in the Gemara. Yeah. Yeah. The Mishnah is talking about Daish yeah. is only by someone that has a Daish yeah, that's true. That's the baseline. But it doesn't seem that these halachas are limited. We'll see. We'll see in the Gemara. Okay. Third uh, point in the Mishnah. The Mishnah doesn't qualify the Bidikos to only apply at certain times in history. It doesn't say that uh, only when there were still Osik Bitaros versus nowadays when it's Labayla, uh, maybe there will be less of an obligation to do these uh, Bidikos. So how we're going to apply the dinam in the Mishnah to our uh, point in history is worth uh, worth a discussion. So now that's the Mishnah. Now let's let's go through some some of the Gemara. Uh, a lot of Gemaras to see over here, but you have to. Say, what, what we're going to try to do as we're going through these Gemaras, what I want you to try to like think about is okay. So like, what does this mean for us? Meaning, uh, maybe maybe uh, among the married chevra in the room. Um, I'm sure you all remember every word of your chassan classes uh, that you had, which I, I, I find <laughs> nobody remembers anything from chassan. But okay, the the, the, uh, the, the let's let's. Uh, ha- how many of you um, were told in the chassan classes by a show of hands that there's a requirement to do bedikos uh, after the first at, at, at some point about tash, around tashmash time before tashmash after tashmash to establish some sort of chazaka. Okay, so I would, I would imagine that if I took this poll in another yeshiva, uh, the results of that poll would be different. It's not only because I taught half of you, cousin, cousin, but I, I would imagine in, in, in another yeshiva, the, the, results, uh, the results of that poll would be, uh, would be very different. Yeah? I think that's happened. I mean, I remember told, don't, if people tell you to do it, don't do it. You told me, who did you say, cousin, cousin? Rav Nubiger. Right. Okay. So, uh, like I said, I would imagine in another yeshiva that those that the results of that poll. Meaning, why is he? What? 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 What's he warning over there? I mean, like, what, what's he concerned that people are going to tell you to do it? Because elsewhere in the in the in the belt, people tell you to do it. So the question is. So what I want to just try to focus on as we go through the Gemara, just like from a Gemara perspective, what impression do you get from the Gemara? That one should be doing these pedikos before Tashmash, after Tashmash, making sure there's no time, you know, is this something that we should be doing or is it not something that, uh, that we should be doing? So that's uh, something to, uh, to think about. Someone called me today and said that um, that uh, uh, that one of the things that he appreciates about uh, some of the shiurim in our yeshiva is that you get a sense of the mesorah of our yeshiva, like what the uh, what the piskei halacha are of the poskim in uh, in our yeshiva. And obviously, we try to emphasize that as much as we can because you should know where you come from. You should know, like what uh, you know, if you're going to follow a certain mesorah psak, you should know what that mesorah is. But let's but we have to we have to understand the whole sugya. We have to know where it's coming from. So let's see the gemara. So the gemara dafir al from base tells us as follows: Amr vidomer Shmuel. Lo shanu el le taros, avu le baile mu taros. 
that this whole Indian is only for Taros. For Baila, she's mutter. The Migod by Bidikal, the Taros. By Nami, Bidikal, the Baila. What do you mean it's only the Taros? The Mishnah said she should do a Bidikal before and after Tashmish. That doesn't sound like it's for Taros. To tell me that she does a Bidikal twice a day, every day, okay, that sounds like for Taros. But to tell me that she does a Bidikal before and after Tashmish doesn't sound like Taros at all. So Gemara says, no. Migo that she's doing bedikos for Taras anyway, she does bedikos for Baila. But if she's not doing any bedikos for Taras, because there is no Taras anymore, so then there's no need for a bedika anymore. So the Gemara says that the bedikos before and after Tashmish really only apply to women who are osik betaros. So once she's doing it anyway, it's no big deal to do additional bedikos around the time of Tashmish. But when it's just Labaila, she doesn't need any bedika. So at, at point one in the Gemara, at point one in the Gemara, the clear impression you get is nowadays, no, nothing, right? No, there's no taros, so no need for a bedika, even Labaila. Right? That's certainly point one in the Gemara. Comes along the Gemara fighter. Uh, that not only does a woman who is unpredictable in terms of when she's going to see Dam have to do these bedikos, but even if she has a Vesas Kavua, and this isn't anywhere around the time of her Vesas Kavua, she also needs to do these bedikos. Why? That sounds crazy. Because Migo to buy a bedika letaros, buy a bedika lebaila also. Because once she's anyway doing bedikos for taros, so we require all women, even a woman who has a vessus kavua. Meaning, it's more logical to require a bedika when the woman does not have a vessus and might see at any time. But the gemara is mechadesh that even if she has no vessus, Shmuel would not require uh, bedikos. Uh, right, it's only if she has a vessus kavua, then the, and there's ta- meaning e- even if she has a vessus kavua and there's taharos, uh, she needs bedika. But when uh, she doesn't have a vessus, if there's no, uh, e- but if when there's no taharos, even if she doesn't have a vessus, there's no need for a bedika. So the chiddush of Shmuel that Anisha sheyesh lo vessus is that if she's doing bedikos every day for taros anyway, we even require her to do bedikos lebaila even though she has a vessus. But the other side of the coin is when there's no taharos, there are no bedikos. So stage two of the Gemara again bismanenu no taros, no bedikos. I don't care if she has a vessus, she doesn't have a vessus, no taros, no bedikos. Stage three daf yibezam and aleph. Does a woman have to do a bedika lebaila? Amar le lo tivdok. Rav Yehuda said, no way. The tivdok umabekach. Well, why not? What do you lose? I mean, she wants to be yirei shemayim. She wants to make sure that she's not seeing any dam. What would be the big deal? So in kain libo nok for poresh. No, there is a big deal. Every chumrah, not every chumrah, but most, of, very often. You try to be machmer in one area, and it turns out that there's a cost somewhere else. In the, you know, it's a chumrah in maybe Hilchas Nida, but it's a kula in Hilchas Shalom Bayis, right? That the uh, in Hilchas Mitzvah Sona, that uh, she, the the husband's going to see she's doing bedikos every time right before Tashmish. Libo not she's going to get nervous. Why is she doing bedikos? What does she think is wrong? What does she think is happening? So he's going to be pori. She's not going to want to have Tashmish with her. So this takes it a step further, right? Up until this point. 
we've been asking, is a woman required to do Bidikos before and after Tashmish? And the first two points of the Gemara were pretty clear. No, when there's no Taharos, there's no requirement. This goes a step further. What does it say? Not only is she not required to do Bidikos before and after Tashmish, doing a Bidikos before Tashmish is usher. It's problematic to do a Bidikos before Tashmish. Because Libo Nokfo Poresh. So then the Gemara goes on, Dafyid Beis. That can she do a bedika to be mechay for her husband in Hashem Talui? That he may have been bowl in either. She didn't do a bedika before, she should do a bedika after. Amar lo, lo tivdok. No. V'tivdok u'mabakach. Again, in keli bodnok for parish. She's not permitted to, she's, again, not only is she not permitted to do a bedika before Tashmish, because it might be a big, uh, fright for the husband to see his wife doing a bedika before Tashmish, and it might spook him to the point that he's not going to want to have Tashmish, but she's not even allowed to do bedika after Tashmish, because it also might spook him. So we got from a Mishnah telling us, you do bedikas twice a day every day, plus bedikas before and after Tashmish, to a Gemara saying, yeah, yeah, but that was only when they had Taros. Then the Gemara saying again, that, was a, that even if it's a woman that has no vessels kavua. It was still only when they had taros. Nowadays, you don't need these bedikos. To the Gemara saying, and not only that, you can't do a bedika before. To the Gemara saying, and not only that, you can't do a bedika after. So at this point in the Gemara, um, why you's looking pretty good, right? Meaning, like, uh, you understand why, uh, why, why Rav Newberg would say, they might tell you to do it, but the Gemara says it's usr, right, at this point. So obviously that's not the end. So the Gemara goes on to say, Gufa, a woman who does not have a vessel kavua can't have tashmish until she has a bedika. She has to make sure she's not bleeding. Is that true that if a woman doesn't have a vessel, she needs a bedika, but if she has a vessel, she does not need a bedika? So he said, no, no, what it means is, a woman who has a vessel requires a bedika for taros, but not labayla. I Meaning, if a woman has a vessel, there's no need to do a bedika labayla, because as far as bayla is concerned, you could rely on the vessel, and she's not expecting to see dam right now, so it's okay. But if ain't lavesas, then afilu lebayla nami baya bedika. She needs bedika. Umidom lehachi shma mino kasar b'shmuel kal lebayla lo baya bedika. But the Gemara asks on Shmuel's implication that a woman with a vessel doesn't need a bedika is against our Mishnah, and the Gemara doesn't answer. The Gemara does not answer that yesh levesas only requires bedika letaros, but ain ain levesas even requires bedika lebayla. The Gemara instead says midolam or Shmuel hachi midolam leachi. From the fact that we didn't say that, you see that Shmuel holds called the Baila Lobay Bidika. From the fact that we didn't give that answer in explaining Shmuel, so you see that even the Baila you don't need Bidika. So again, at, 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 we're, we're at point number five or whatever in the Gemara, right? So point number one was uh, you don't need a Bidika when it's only when there's no tops. Point number two is you don't need a Bidika when it's, and then even if Yesh Levesis, even if ain't Levesis, you don't need a Bidika when it's only tops. Point number three was you're not allowed to do Bidika before. Uh, point number four was you're not allowed to do Bidika after. And point number five is that it's clear that Shmuel holds nobody, regardless of Vesis, needs a Bidika Lebaila. So again, still we're still holding strong at, uh, at not doing bedikos. 
Says Gemara Daf Yud Beis and Beis. Amr of Kahana. Shaltinu Linshi Beisi the Rav Papa the Rav Huna Breder of Yeshua. They asked the wives of Rav Papa the Rav Huna Breder of Yeshua. Kiyos Rabbanu Mi Beirav Matzrichilu Chu Bedika. When uh, the rabbis used to come back from yeshiva, did they uh, tell you that you're supposed to do bedikos? That seems like a very personal shaila, but okay, they they wanted to know. Right, so when uh, they came back from yeshiva, did they require you to be yeshiva? Didn't mean that they weren't going uh, to yeshiva every day. They were going for six months and came back six months later. Right, so uh, did they require a bedika? Va'armuli lo. They said no. Why didn't you just ask the rabbis themselves? No, Dilma kamachmri anafshayim. I'm sorry. The, the the Gemara is saying that they asked, yeah, that they asked the wives of Rapapa and Furibar Yeshua, would they ever? Um, whether they ever even accepted as a chumrah to be bodik l'tnei tashmish, meaning they, 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 if they would have asked the, the, the rabbeim, the rabbeim would have said what the halacha is. They asked the wives because the wives aren't going to answer in lambda, they're going to answer in what happened, like lemaisa what happened. Meaning, if if there, if the halacha is that something is mutter, but it's still very likely that the gedolei amoraim would take upon themselves a personal chumrah. So the, if you ask the wives, you're going to get what Lamaisa happened. You're going to get the, the real answer, whether there was even a personal Chumrah. So they wanted to know. They asked the wives of Rapapa, and Rufundu Rabbi Yeshua, was there even a personal Chumrah to be Bodeg Lufnetashmish? And the answer was, the Gedolei Amoraim didn't even take it as a Chumrah to have their wives do Bodeg before Tashmish. Not even as a Chumrah. Um, and the Pashto says that if they weren't doing Bodeg before Tashmish, no, what else? Then they weren't doing the exact attachments. Why? Why? Because again, you need to set the baseline. The bedikah tashmish is kind of useless without a bedikah before tashmish. So that's the pashtus. Unless it. Yeah, yeah. Unless we leave a note for that they were okay. Now these women probably had a vested kavua, right? So you see that there's no makom to be machmir. But only because probably because they had a vesikavua. Why do I assume they probably had a vesikavua? Because in times of the Gemara, everyone had a vesikavua. Meaning that's that that was the norm in the times of uh, of Shas. But it's not clear that they wouldn't be machmir if there was no vesikavua. Meaning it could be that there's makom lahachmir. Right. That's our first uh, you know hint of a potential something. It might be that there's makom lahachmir when there's no vesikavua. So the Gemara goes on. Yud beis and beis. Tan Isha she'ein l'veses asuru l'shamesh. Ve'ein l'loksuba v'loperos v'lomazonos v'loblaos v'yotzi v'lomaksu v'lomazdiv r'ameyu. Right? One of the biggest believe it or not shitos in all of Shaz. No? Ameyu says if a woman does not have a kavua, she's an aguna. Now I'd be married to a woman who doesn't have a kavua. It's so risky. At any time, she could be uh, she could be Anita. So she has nothing. She got, it's a, She's asuru l'shamesh. Not, not she needs bedikah. It's asura l'shamesh. So you're not allowed to be with her. Bechlal. Nowadays, that would mean that 95% of women uh, would be agunos, right? And that would probably lead to a lot of disappointed men, also, right? Meaning that's uh, I mean, it's one way to solve the shidduch crisis, but you know that's uh, uh, you know that, that, that it's, it's it's its own shidduch crisis, obviously. Rabbi Chidiv and Antigonus Omer Mishamesef Bishnei Ooh, comes on he says, no, no, there's a way to handle when a woman doesn't have a veskavua. Take shnei'edim. Shnei'edim, of course, does not mean two human witnesses. It means two bedikah cloths. Take two towels. And uh, those towels that she'll 
check herself with or that she'll clean herself with, they're the ones that could either mess her up or they're the ones that can make things good. Hein ifsua, hein tiknua. So this is a very strong chalkas tonight. A mayor holds a woman without a veskavua is too much of a risk to even stay married to her. Yikes, right? The Gemara explains that even if she subsequently is Kovea Veses, um, he can't remarry her because then he'll say that he wouldn't have divorced her had he known, and it would make her new kids into Mamzer. Right? The Gemara says that we're, we wouldn't even, let's say, uh, you know, the Shidduch was ready to go through and everything, you know, like nowadays we have the, um, uh, the genetic testing that could, you know, that the couples get very nervous before the results come back because they're not sure, is it going to go, is it not going to go? Right? So uh, you get the... Uh, the Darya Sharm or the um, J screen uh, results, and then you know. So in, in, those, in, in those days, like okay, everything was everything's all set. That you know, they're right for each other. Everything's all you know, it's all planned out. Then she breaks the news to him. By the way, I don't have Vesis Kavua. The whole shidduch is off now because according to our mayor, they're not allowed to get married. She doesn't have Vesis Kavua. So then it could, could be two years later they're still single, and she says, "Good news, I was Kavua Vesis, right?" So, uh, so I, I gave the example. If they're married, if they're married, and she says, oh, it "Looks like I'm kind of sporadic over here," they have to get divorced. They can't be married. And then a couple of years later, she says, "That oh, was Kovea Vesas." So no, he's not even allowed to remarry her if she was Kovea Vesas. The reason he can't remarry her if she was Kovea Vesas because he's going to then say, "Oh, the uh, had I known she was going to be Kovea Vesas, I never would have divorced her." Uh, and therefore, if she goes and remarries somebody else, the children are all going to be mamzerim. So, uh, so you can't even uh, can't remarry if, uh, if she doesn't have a, even if she's later established as vessels. Are they allowed to have Maybe at that time she had a vessels. Is that, is that not Nola? Okay, whatever. Um, it's not, uh, okay, yeah. It's what to talk about? So Rabbi that's what Mayor Rabbi Chanina says that you can stay married to her, but you have to be careful. So how are you careful? You take two batikos, which will either ifsua or tiknua. Amr of Yehuda, Amr Shmuel, Halacha, Krebi Chanina, Ben So that's the first line that, that we have that really requires a batika uh, referring to an asuk bitaros, right? It, I'm sorry, it requires a batika, but it might only be referring to an asuk bitaros, right? We still don't have, it's not a raya brura that it will be to batika. Because, meaning again, we started off steps one and two in the Gemara were saying, of course there are requirements for Vedikos. It's a Mishnah that there are requirements for Vedikos. But those Vedikos are only for people who are Osik Petaros. So now when Rebchadim Antigona says that, yeah, you could, a woman who doesn't have Vesas could be married as long as she, has, as long as she does Vedikos, it might only be for someone who's Osik Petaros as far as we know. We don't necessarily know that. So then the Gemara says, Mishom Abachanan Amru Oilo so, or the Mishnah says, so the, the Gemara says that might mean that he agrees with Rameir, that he needs to divorce her, but because that whereas Rameir says she doesn't have a ksuba, uh, this Abachanan holds that she does get her ksuba. So it's really the, ba- the Baal loses out entirely. He loses the wife and he's got to pay her ksuba, right? Because it's not her fault she doesn't have Vesta, so he's got to pay her ksuba. Uh, alternatively, He's arguing with Rabbi Chaim ben and he's saying that you can't stay married to this woman because she's a time bomb who may become a need at any moment. That Oilo the Baila is a response to Rabbi Chaim ben Tignus. Rabbi Chaim ben Tignus, you're telling me they're allowed to stay married as long as they have Shnei Edim, right? No! She's a time bomb! You can't stay married to her! Um, 
l'chora, this discussion that we're having right now, Rameir, Rav Himmel, and Tigam, and is that only for Osik Pitaros, or is that even not Osik Pitaros? What would you say? Misvara? What would you say? Right, it's l'chora, it's got nothing to do with Taros. Why? Yeah, I mean, the whole concern of Rameir is that is the concern of Rameir is a Baal concern. It's that you're going to violate Nisukaris. It's that you don't know when she's going to become a Nida. How could you have Tashmish with her? So it, it, it's not explicit in the Gemara that this is true even for a woman who's not Osik Pitaros, but it's very, very mistaver that at least, uh, as far as Rameir is concerned, it has nothing to do with whether she's Osik Pitaros. That this is all about the husband. The Gemara raises the question, though, that if this is talking about a woman who's Eina Asuka Pitaros, how does the whole Gemara... We just went through five different stages of the Gemara where the Gemara told us that, you know, Migo to buy a Bidika Lataros, buy a Bidika Labayla. That once you need Bidika Lataros, you need Bidika Labayla also. So how could Shmuel Paskin, like Rabbi Chaim Ben she requires Bidikos, Shmuel himself said that a woman who's not Asuka Pitaros doesn't need Bidikos. So if it's about a woman who's Asuka Pitaros, Shmuel already taught that she's Chayav Eslivdok and it would be redundant. So Manavshach. Meaning, if it's not about a woman who's Asuka Bataros, it's wrong, according to Shmuel. Lechor, it's a steer in Shmuel. And if it is about a woman that's Asuka Bataros, it's redundant. Shmuel already told me, Miko to buy a Bedika, Lechor, buy a Bedika, Lechor. So the Gemara asks that question. Answers the Gemara. This is, this is where it is. Man de Masniha, lo Masniha. Now, what does that mean? It's not clear whether it means that it is indeed redundant. And was just taught by two separate English women, meaning that and if not, it's only talking about a woman who's a sukkabitaris. And then one woman who's not a sukkabitaris doesn't have to worry about any of this stuff. I why does Shmuel have to tell me twice that uh, about a sukkabitaris needs bedikos? He didn't tell it to me twice. He had more than one Talmud. So one Talmud was going around saying it over there. The other Talmud was going around saying it over, saying it over there. They're all saying the same thing. That's that's a you know he's lucky. His Talmudim are at least saying the same thing in his name, right? You know, uh, many rabbis don't have uh, so much luck. Or Salvation didn't have so much luck, right? You have uh, people running around saying all sorts of things in their their name, right? So, uh, so that's that's one possibility of what man might mean, or. It could mean that it's a stira. And the two different Talmudim of Shmuel argue about what Shmuel said. Ooh, that would mean that according to the earlier part of the Gemara, Shmuel said that a woman who's not Osik Pitaros, meaning every woman nowadays, does not need Bidika. But according to the later part of the Gemara, Shmuel would say every woman nowadays does need Bidikas. And then we're going to have to figure out do we pass like Shmuel? Do we pass like Shmuel? Right? Meaning, do you pass like the Shmuel one or Shmuel two? Right? Adam one, Adam two. Figure of salvage date, right? Do we pass like uh, like Shmuel one or Shmuel two? So there are two other matters that also need to be explained, and that is uh, when it says Shnei Eden. It's meaning whatever chumra we're going to have is going to come from Rabbi Chinnim Antigonus, yeah. So Rabbi Chinnim said she needs Shnei Edim. Wh- which? Which two bedikos? Before and after? Or husband and wife? But both after. Right? What does that mean? Also, what does it mean? Hey Nifsua? Hey Tiknua? What's Nifsua? What's Tiknua? What does it mean to ruin her? What does it mean to fix her? Two other lines in the Gemara to be familiar with. The Gemara in Daf Yedalit says, Benosi Yisrael Mishtam Shem Beis Edim Echadah Echadah. 
that uh, the Gemara says that Snuos would be building themselves before Tashmish, but all the Nosisol would use Shnei the Mechadov Echadav. Okay, so there's something about Snuos adding a Vadika before Tashmish, even if it's maybe not necessary. And then you have a Mishnah Tesvavah Menal of Kol Hanashim Becheskas Tarul Balea. Kol Hanashim Becheskas Tarul Balea. What does that mean? What does that tell you about Badikos? That seems to imply you don't need to do any Badikos. She's Becheskas Tarul. So what, 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 what do you need a Badika for? But again, where, where we're going to, where this whole Sugya begins is in those stages where we introduce Rabbi Chaim Ben Antigonus. And we start wondering, wait a second, how could Shmuel Paschal, like Rabbi Chaim Ben Antigonus, that a woman needs to do the decos? <coughs> Shmuel said <coughs> in all the earlier parts of the Gemara that that was only in the days of Taras. So there are two opinions in Rashi. The Gemara asks, that if Rabbi Hanina is saying that a woman who's involved with Taurus requires Vidikos, then it's unnecessary for Shmuel to say that we pass on like Rabbi Hanina. Shmuel already told us once. So Rashi has two possibilities how to understand the Gemara's question. One possibility, even before we get to the answer, right? How do we understand the question? One possibility is, and this is what we'll call Shitas Rashi, that Shmuel already said in Dafi Bezam and Aleph that Asukat Srikh Vidikov Shayna Asuka. He already said earlier in the Sugya that the does not require Badika. And if she's a Sukha, she requires Badika. Because Rabbi derived it, that has to be Shmuel's opinion from Rabbi Abba Bariyam. Fine. The second day in Rashi is Rabbi Nechanada. Rashi quotes this day from Rabbi Nechanada, but Rashi says it as well. That it's against Rabbi Yudam or Shmuel from Yiral from Beit, where we say that the Mishnah which requires Badika is only when a Sukha that the Gemara was asking that it's against what we had said earlier. And based on how you understand the Gemara's question, the Gemara's answer is going to be different, right? The Rashi's first explanation understands the Gemara's answer was that in both cases, Shmuel said the same thing, that an Asuka Bataris needs a Badika, an Asuka Bataris does not, and two different Amorim reported that Shmuel wasn't being redundant. And that would mean, if you assume Shitas Rashi, it would mean you don't need Badikos nowadays. Because it would be consistent beginning to end that the Gemara said you don't need bedikos. The Gemara said that uh, she's a sukkah she needs bedikos. The Ran is bothered. The Ran is bothered. He asks and Rashi says, wait, 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 wait a second. You're going to tell me Rabbi Chanina ben Antigonus is talking about a sukkah If Ramiri says she's also forever, it doesn't sound like it's a chumrah of a sukkah uh, it can't just be a chumrah for Taros. He's saying she's a surah of the Bible. No Taros ever again. Meaning, we might say that once a woman is doing Badikas for Taros, she should also do Badikas for Baila. But it makes no sense to say that once she's doing Badikas for Taros, she should get divorced. You know, Migo to buy a Badikas for Taros, buy a Badikas for Baila. Fine! Okay. But to say Migo to buy a Badikas for Taros, it means we should freak out, get totally nervous, and make all these couples get divorced. Uh, that's quite a leap. It's also illogical to assume that Rameir and Rabbi were so far apart. That Rameir is saying that she can't get married, and Rabbi Hanina is saying, you don't even need bedikos. I mean, that's like wild. Rameir is saying, oh, she doesn't have Vizkavua? She's an Aguna the rest of her life. Oh, but you know, don't you feel bad? It doesn't matter. She's an Aguna the rest of her life. She's an Aguna for the rest of her life. And then the Master Rabbi Hanina and Antigonus, yeah, let her get married. You don't even need bedikos. It's fine. We don't deal with Taras anymore. So you can have like a Minakotzel, a Kotzel. 
That's, uh, that's pretty unusual. That's how, that's what the Rad asks on Rashi. So the Rad explains that Bichanina would require Bedikos even if Eina Asuka. But the Gemara's question was whether Shmuel Paskins that way when Eina Asuka or only when Asuka. Meaning, it wasn't about Shitas or Bichanina, it was about how Shmuel Paskins. Does Shmuel Paskin, like Rabbi Hanina, that, um, that you need Bedikos when Eina Asuka? Or no, when Asuka Bitaros he requires it, but Eina Asuka he wouldn't. But then, then that's, a, that's very troubling also, the Ron points out. Why is that very troubling? Because then we're saying, okay, there's Shittas Rabbi Meir, there's Shittas Rabbi Hanina, right? Rabbi Meir says they can't be married. Rabbi Hanina says they can't be married, but they need Bedikos. And those Bedikos are going to be required whether Asuka Bitaros or Asuka Bitaros. Comes along Shmuel, and he might be saying she needs Bedikos, but that's only if she's Asuka Bitaros. So which town is Shmuel holding like? He's making up his own shita now. He's against all the Tanayim. So says the Raya, there's another Tana. Mishnah Daf Tezvav. Kol HaNashim Cheskes Tara L'Baleheim. And that's what Shmuel's passing like. That is Lav Davka, Rameir, 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 the only ones. Why can't it be our Mishnah? Why can't it be our Mishnah and Yer Aleph? the Gemara says in the first place. The Gemara is saying it. It's only a sukubatas. Yeah, but it's not explicit, right? We don't have an explicit mission that way. Right. So why is the mission of Tazbab any more explicit than it's the Cheskas Tyro? Ah, but that's about a sukubatas. I don't know. That's a good question. I'm not sure. I don't know. Now, Rabbeinu Hananel and Rashi's second explanation say, no, no. There's a machlok samurai which Shmuel held. Rabbi Dumer Shmuel thinks he holds like Rabbi Hanimin Antigonus. Whereas Rabbi Avar Miyermia thinks Shmuel holds that you don't need a bedika. And that would mean that if we paskin like Rabbi Hanina, then we would need bedikos nowadays. Because it's a machlokas whether Shmuel paskin like Rabbi Hanina ben Antigonus or didn't. And, you know, at the end of the day, if we in fact say that Shmuel paskin like Rabbi Hanina ben Antigonus, then we're saying that women need bedikos nowadays. That is Shittas Rabbi Hanina. Rashi doesn't like it because then it's a stira within Rabbi Yudom Shmuel. Because on Yud Beis and Beis, Rabbi Yudom Shmuel said that Enasuka needs Bidika. On Yud Alvin Beis, he said that the Mishnah that requires Bidika is only talking about Enasuka Bataros. It could be that it's a machlokas of even later on, right, what Rabbi Yehudom Shmuel said, right? Meaning you can always kick it down the line and say, you know, later on, right, disagreed with what Rabbi Yudom Shmuel said. Or it could be Rabbi Yudom Shmuel interpreted the Mishnah to mean. That ain't a tzricha bedika if she's not a sukkah betarus, but he paskins tzricha bedika like Rabbi Hanina, meaning he was interpreting the Mishnah earlier, but now he's paskining. Um, so, what we essentially have when all the dust settles, whether you follow every single step or not, is that you have two basic shittas in Mishnah. You have Rashi and Rabbi Hanina. Right, where Rashi and not not shitos lahalacha necessarily. These are shitos and just how to read the Gemara, right? The way Rashi reads the Gemara in his first day of Rashi, the way Rashi reads the Gemara is that there's never going to be a requirement for a bedika. I don't care if she's a sukkah she's ain't a sukkah I mean, even nowadays when she's, uh, I'm sorry, that that uh, nowadays when she's ain't a sukkah you're not going to require a bedika at all. 
right? Whether she has a veskavu or doesn't have veskavu, irrelevant. She doesn't require bedikah b'smanasek. Whereas the way Rabbi Nachman reads the Gemara is that even though women are no longer asukapataros, if they don't have a vessel's kavua, they're going to require a bedika, because that's what Rabbi Chanan Tigin is saying. Um, so Rabbi Chanan would tell you, Lechora, the way he reads the Gemara, is that when we're passing, like Rabbi Chanan Tigin is, we're saying that bizman hazeh, women need a bedika. So how did the Rishonim Paskin? So this Rabbi Nachman is quoted by everybody. It's quoted by the Rash, but the Rash, the Ritva, like the second day of Rashi, that we pass on Rabbi Chanina and you need Bedikos. The Rash quotes Rabbi Nathan Sefer Yasher, who holds the same way, that, again, women need Bedikos nowadays, even though they're not all Sikhatavis. So, the... Uh, Ramban, the Rashba, and the Ran understand from a riff in Ksubis who quotes a Shmuel Pasan as Rabbi Hanina. And why would the riff quote it nowadays? No one's also guitarists anymore. Then it must be that the riff holds, like the second day in Rashi, like this Rabbi Nachman. The Ramban, the Rashba, and the Ran learn that the Rambam and Isurabir, Perdalar, Lachtazayin, and Hilchzishos, Perdalar, Lachtazayin, and Hilchzmishkov Moshe, Perdalar, Lachtazayin, all hold like the second day in Rashi. Made the Rambam in multiple places. Because the Rambam says that a woman who's in Lefesas requires bedikos lefnev achrei tashmish, and the husband is also bodik after tashmish. So apparently the Rambam also found room to be machmir, to be machmir over here. That's Shitas Rabbeinu Hanana. Now Rashi says no, as man as there are no bedikos. Tosos Rid and the Ritva agree with Rashi. Sefer Truman Simon Sadi Dalit writes that even Rabbeinu Tam, who learns the Gemara like Rabbeinu Chananel, would hold the halacha that she doesn't need Bedika. Because Rabbeinu Chananel, remember, what was Rabbeinu Chananel's whole way of learning the Gemara? That the Gemara came to a clear conclusion? No! Rabbeinu Chananel just learned the Gemara that it's a steer in Shmuel of Hadapaskin. So even if you're going to learn the Gemara like Rabbeinu Hananel, you could still be making like Rashi if you just say we pass like Shmuel in the beginning of the Sugya and not Shmuel in the end of the Sugya. And that's what they taina is Shittas Rabbeinu Tam. That yeah, Rabbeinu Tam learned like Rabbeinu Hananel, but he didn't pass like Rabbeinu Hananel. He didn't pass like Rabbeinu Hananel's conclusion because he learned the Gemara like Rabbeinu Hananel, but you could still pass in the Kula. It's a machlokas. We pass in the kula because for sure it's only a drabanan over here. There's not a requirement midal raisa. So you can pass in the kula if you're not sure it's shmuel held. The riff paskins that if she doesn't have a vesas kavua, the riff is a third shita, that if she doesn't have vesas kavua, she should be bodekas, and this is the riff introduces something new. The riff says, if she doesn't have vesas kavua, do bedikos the first three times after Tashma. But once that chazaka of not seeing is created, then she doesn't need any further bedikas. So again, we have two extremes. Rabbi Nachmanel says that since Shmuel Paskins like Rabbi Chaim Ben nowadays even though women are not as sukkah if they don't have a vessel kavua, they must do bedikas by every single tashmish, every single tashmish for the rest of their lives. Rashi says never, never. You never need a bedika. This man has said, we're not Osik Bataros. Bedikas are only for Osik Bataros. It might be Osir to do Bedika. It might be Osir. Libo no kvo poresh. That's how Rashi is going to learn. The riff says, you got to do Bedikas until you know better. Bedikas are there to establish first three times, see what happens. 
See if she bleeds or doesn't bleed, and that's the purpose of medikos. That's the shitas harif. So obviously in Shulchan Aruch, now that we know what the three basic shitos are, right, we're going to have to see how we pass in Shulchan Aruch. Um, one more point, though, to add in. Even Rabbeinu Hanada, even Rabbeinu Hanada, who's the most machmer of all the shitos, comes along to Shumasadashen and Simon Reish Mem Zayin, and he says, yeah, yeah, Rabbeinu Hanada is going to require bedikos, but that's only if the woman doesn't have a vessel. But if the woman has a vessel's kavua, then you don't need you don't need bedikos when it's shalom b'shas vesta. So comes along to session he says, "Oh, you're going to tell me who cares? No one has a vessel nowadays anyway." Shmuel Zeshen says, "I will tell you. Almost everybody has a vessel. Whoa, almost everybody. Not that every, uh, almost everybody can tell you exactly what day they're going to bleed. But if if you ask a woman, what was the earliest time you ever got your period after your last period?" And she says, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm erratic. You know, sometimes it's 33 days later, sometimes it's 26 days later, sometimes it's 28 days later. You know, I'm erratic. Was it ever, you know, uh, the example Truman Session gives, was it ever within 14 days of your last period? Never, never within 14 days of my last period. <clears throat> Says Truman Session, she has a vessel's kavua that for the first 14 days she's not Rawadan. Then mainly, even Rabbi Nuchanano would say, that if she's having Tashmish during that time period where she knows that she's not Roadam, because it's within that, that window where she never would be Roadam, she doesn't need any Batikas. Even according to Rabbi Khanano. And this is Paskin Shulchanarch. Right? Shulchanarch said Gimel over here. We're skipping around. Obviously, we'll come back to Sifal and Beis. Isha She'ena Rob, Bepachus, Miyudal, Yamim, Achar Tvilasa. Not after the last year, after the Tvila. Let's say a woman goes to the mikveh 12 days after she gets her period. For the next 14 days, she never gets her period. Right? It's, it, she ranges from day 26 to day 35. But, uh, and it's all over the place between day 26 and 35. But it never comes before day 26. So those 14 days after she goes to the mikveh, she has a veskavur. She does not need... She does not need any bedikos. Um, let's say you have a woman who's mechzekes to be raw machmas tashmish. Let's say you have a woman who's who's seen machmas tashmish several times, but it's always samach lizman vesta. So would you make that woman an aguna? According to the Jumas Deshen, you could argue that no. Meaning if she's a raw machmas tashmish, only samach lizman vesta, you don't have to assume that the tashmish is what causes her to become a nida, you could assume that when she's primed to any way become a nida, then the Tashmish will, uh, you know, will, 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 will make it happen now. Meaning, the concern of Simul Kufay Zayin is that every single Tashmish will cause her to bleed. But if it only happens some Chavesta, there's a strong possibility that Tashmish may be a trigger for Dom that's already there, but it may not be a cause for a new Riyas Dam out of nowhere. And maybe they'll be allowed to stay married as long as they only have Tashmish during the times that are within the 14 days that she never sees. You know, there, there's a big Shaila in the, the Chumas Deshna like this. Does the Chumas Deshna apply even if she never bleeds until after the Onabainanis? Now, let's say you have a woman who just has a very long period, very long haflaga um, between her periods, very long uh, time, time um, in between periods. So, uh, for the 
the woman doesn't have veskavua, but she always bleeds 32 days later, 35 days later, 38 days later, 36 days later. It's never within Shloshim Yoma for last, uh, the last period. So would the Shuma session even be makel that on the onabaininess? That on day 30, which is the average, which is when women bleed, that, that, that then? That they could have Tashmash even without any Bidikos? So Ramesha's makel in that. Ramesha's makel in that. But it seems that he might be a Das Yachid in that, but Ramesha's makel in that issue. Just in the case that I just quoted, yeah. um, how many times would she have to bleed after those three? Meaning, is one enough to be Megalum Mafreya that it's not a good being someone for Vesta, according to the Truman's question? Or would you need three? It's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. Right. I could hear a smarty either way. I don't know. And it's not so clear that that's the halacha either. I'm just suggesting that according to the Truman's question, it might be that way. Yeah. How would the idea of the riff help for a bedigal of Nidashmish? Meaning, if the whole thing's a chazaka anyways, and there's there's no way to determine what, meaning just doing three bedigals wouldn't confirm that next thought would be the same thing. No, meaning the bedigal the, the of Nidashmish serves two functions. One is to know that she's not right now already in Nida, so that you're not about to violate, and, right? And the other is to set the baseline so that your bidigalachatashmish will be meaningful. Right? Okay. Um, yeah, What's the ref saying if she bleeds once or twice or three times? So, right. So, you need to keep on doing bidikas until you get three straight. Right? Until you establish chazad. For the first 10 years of their life, she never has three consecutive bloody bidikas, and then she does pay a Oh, well, we'll get to that in Kofi yeah, but yes. I mean, Pashtas is yes, right? You can say the other way around also, that the first time she gets three queen bedikos, she's like... Well, that for sure is true also. Right? Um, now, it's... it's the, the next step over here is to try to understand Shita Sarif. Um, and in order to understand Shita Sarif, you have to look at the Rush and Simon Hay. The Rush has uh, fear caches on the Rif. He's got, uh, you know... We're in Pesach season, right? The Rosh has uh, four, four problems with the Shita Sarif. Um, I don't want to start it right now, because. So let, let's maybe. Um, yeah, let, let's maybe just chazer over what the Rif says carefully, and then we'll, we'll call it a day. In Ksubus Kuf Aleph, on the base, the Rif brings this din of Shmuel. That Allah Chanin Benazimus. So he holds that even a woman who's ain't a sukkabatavis, because he's bringing this lahalacha, so nowadays a woman who's not a sukkabatavis, if she doesn't have a vessel, needs a bedika, because nowadays nobody's a sukkabatavis, right? And he explains that if suha vitiknua in the Gemara means, I mean, what is he saying? This is exactly Raziel's point. She needs shnei that what? That these bedikos will either ruin her life forever. Or that'll make her life easier forever. She'll either never need pedikos again because she just got three clean ones, or she'll have to get divorced because she's raw makamastashmish. So if she sees three times on on, on on her or his pedikos clause, so she's becheskas need to call yemeha, and she has to get divorced. If she doesn't see it three times, she's mitaris, and they don't have to get divorced. The Ramban in the Malchamos over there explains the opinion of the Rif. That she needs to establish chazaka that she's not Ramachmas Tashmish through these three bidikos, 
because we're concerned that a woman without a vessess might be establishing a vessess uh, to see dam based on external factors, or she may have lots of dam and somewhere going to come out during tashrus. If she had a vessess, then we're not concerned for dam to come out just randomly at an unexpected time. And, and, and the Ramban says the riot of the Shita Sarif is that the word evils is not the same as kilkul. Kilkul implies that she's Tameya, Chayef's carbon. Evils is really bad. It's like total destruction. Kilkul would mean, you know, okay, you, you got the psak you didn't want. If Sua means <laughs> your life is ruined, the guy you married, you can't be married to anymore. That's clear in the avoidance of the usage of the, of the plural. If sehem tikunehem, because the Baal is, is also involved in Karban and Tumah, but we're not talking about Karban and Tumah. According to the Rift, it's not what it's about. It's about whether she's allowed to stay married, whether she's allowed to, right, whether she's allowed to stay married. And that's, that's uh, more on, on her end than it is on his end. Obviously, he's not allowed to stay married to her, but uh, it's considered to be more of a tragedy for her because he has no chazaka that his Tashmish makes women nidos, right? There's also such a chazaka. Egon for a man because uh, you know because he's he's always making women the needles. Um, there is a vastly different interpretation of the rift that's suggested by the Rivid in uh, Bali and Nefesh, where he says that the rift isn't really explaining Rabbi Hanina in our sugya. Rabbi Hanina is talking about Edom Kodem Viachar Tashmish, and he's only speaking about Asukapatados. The rift is talking about Bismanazer when it's not Asukapatados. And so she just um, has to be machzik that she's not Rav Machmas Tashmish. The Gemara's whole discussion, the Gemara never spoke about the first three times. The whole sugi in the Gemara with Rabbi Hanina, with everybody, with Rabbi Meir, that wasn't about the first three times, that was for always. The riff was Mechadesh and Nudin. That has nothing to do with the sugya. We don't pass like Rabbi Hanina. You don't need Bidikos. The riff says you don't need Bidikos. You don't. The first three times you need Bidikos, you've got to establish a chazak, but that's not, never what the, Gemara, what, the, what the Gemara was talking about. It turns out that, according to the Ravid's understanding, the rift doesn't require b'dikah l'bayla. It's only about a sukkah Like The gesugi is only about a sukkah When the rift requires b'dikos to establish that she's not Rav Tashmish, that relates to paying the ksuba. That relates to paying the ksuba. Okay, so we'll have to get into that a little more tomorrow. So tomorrow the focus is going to be shitas harif, the rush's four questions on the rift, very, very, very important shach over here. Very important shach. It's long, but very important shach. And uh, that will be all for tomorrow. That's you know, that's pretty much it. So uh, and then we'll finish kafeva. All right. Have a great time.